The following interview took place in a Mercedes van named Bella Ella. Originally from the East Coast, followed by a few years in Tucson, Arizona, our friend Dorothy chose to combine some significant inspirational experiences and then to take her life on the road, now living full-time as a true nomad. Let's journey into her past, then forward into her future, and see what lies ahead for Dorothy as she approaches her 80th birthday. Welcome, and thank you for joining us. This is Andrea Goldmarks, together with Bibi Peters, and you are listening to Boom Talk Media, the podcast. If I were to ask you to tell one really important story that had an interruption in it. Well, I have it. I I know what it is. And I think I've told you the story, uh, but it was a life changer for me. You know, I was diagnosed with a bad melanoma when I was 33, and I had my children were still young and under my wing. I was told by doctors, this is 1976, and the doctor said, you might only have two years to live. And I'm like, what? You know, I I just chose not to believe that. So I ended up, between the diagnosis and the surgery, I had a dream, a repetitive dream, And I'm not really a dreamer. I mean, if I do have dreams, I don't wake up remembering them. But this one I did, and it stuck with me all these years. And I I felt like a piece of dust, like floating in a semi-darkness. And with every dream, I got closer and closer to a light. And by the last dream, I was kind of in the light, surrounded by it. And I remember the feeling of being surrounded by a kind of love I never knew. And I'm not terribly religious. I mean, it's not that. Um, And the light talked to me, but not like we talked to each other. And it assured me that I was going to live. And so when I got through my surgery, I ran for my life. I just imagined every step I was killing off cancer cells or whatever. And it was a life-altering experience. And in the midst of all this, my husband, and we were in marriage counseling at the time, divorced me. He, he divorced me in the middle of all of this. So it was like juggling all kinds of stuff. You know, the care of the children, the care of me, you know, having to, uh, you know, take care of myself. And so it changed everything. But it also opened up doors for me because after that happened i ultimately ended up working with you know the chairman of reebok so a whole new life a new like a new chapter opened after that yeah when you say that you ran for your life were you saying that you became a runner i did yeah Yeah. yeah and i wasn't a runner i mean i i just had kids i didn't have running shoes or anything but I just ran and it was my physical way of dealing uh, with it, you know, because I believe the mind um, has a lot to do with outcomes. I mean, it's how you think about things. And I tell people, I have something that I share with people all over the country because, you know, I'm Janie Appleseed. I talk to everybody and I say, look, shit happens. It's just part of life. It, it's not personal. Shit happens. I said, it's who you choose to be in the face of it. And I said, you can choose to be a victim. And when I was young and stupid, maybe I did go there, but I learned fast. And I said, when you come 
from a place of power, whatever that is for you, only you get to say, then the circumstance transforms. It's not like the tsunami that's going to take you over. When, when you come from a powerful place, it, it alters. It just alters. Yeah. And I have to remind myself of my advice, you know, because I have shit happening now and then. Well, right. <laughs> it happens all the time. All the time. Okay. So now let's loop back. You are talking to me today from, what's her name, your rig? Oh, Bella Ella. I'm right. Bella Ella. Yeah. Right. From Bella Ella. You have crystals all over. And it's a beautiful, beautiful space that I have seen it inside that you've created. Talk about when you decided to live as a nomad. Oh, that's easy. You know, I, I left Boston, went to Tucson, lived there nine years, and I loved it. I have a lot of friends there. And I got tired of the summers in Tucson, so I ended up moving to Portland. Well, in Portland, in the winter, it rains all the time. And the first year, I loved it. The second year, I dreaded Halloween. And I thought, okay, how could I live? Because this question arose, how could I live and have the best of all worlds? And I thought, well, you know, I could live in a van, <laughs> which I knew nothing about nothing. But there's something in me that loves to jump into the unknown because the known, we already know it, you know. Right. So, right. yeah, maybe I scare myself shitless momentarily, but there's an excitement about it. I choose to look at it as excitement. So I did my research. I found my van, which was in Tucson. I flew down, did the deal, drove it back to Oregon and had some modifications. And so it's been 15 years, believe it or not, that I've been on the road. And so I feel, you were 65 when you made this. Yes. It's kept me young and vibrant. It really has. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's fabulous. Okay, so tell us a little bit about how did that enter your mind to do Outward Bound at what age? I was in my 40s. I called them. I got the application and it said, uh, you know, one of the questions was, what do you want out of this program? And I'm thinking, I don't even know what the hell I'm getting into <laughs> to begin with. But I wrote an epistle. I mean, I wrote and wrote and wrote all these things that I wanted in my life. And one of them was outward bound because I had always known about it, but I never did it. You know, all the things you don't do. Yeah. So I was in my 40s then that I, that happened. Yeah. Because I was a mother. You know, I, I think back, Andrea, and I was shy. Now, people would never believe that about me. And I didn't have confidence when I was young. I always did well in school. You know, I'm the all-A student, but I was shy and I don't know. I was a head cheerleader. I mean, other people saw something I couldn't see when I was young. And I also got an award. I think this was in junior high. It was called I Dare You. And I think back on that award in junior high because my teachers could see something I was unable to see. That that you know. part of you that was willing to jump into the unknown, I I imagine. Yeah. Um, you were brave. Well, people say that I never think of myself that way. You know, I'm I'm curious. I call it curiosity. And I love learning. Never right. stop learning. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Boom Talk Media. Our tiny books, which we call Relieflets, include the title Patience and Possibility. Ever wonder why simply slowing down can give you access to deeper creativity? 
You can learn all about it in this little booklet. So visit boomtalkmedia.com or on Amazon under Patience and Possibility. Check it out, and then we'd love to hear from you. Reach us through info at boomtalkmedia.com. There's nothing quite like local. Local is your weekly farmer's market or homemade strawberry ice cream. It's live music on the corner, yoga in the park, and a chance to try something new. That's why AARP is local, here to offer free events and enriching experiences that can help with finances, family, and fun. We're here in the community, connecting you to what matters most, right when you need it. Find events that interest you at aarp.org local. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Boom Talk Media. This is B.B. Peters with my co-host and friendly psychologist, Dr. Andrea Goldmarks. So there was the melanoma. Just back for a second. Was there treatment for it or did surgery do it? No, they just took a large piece of me. They took a large piece and a, a big boundary, you know, a, around it. Origin. Where was that? Where was that? It was on my left calf, which was good because when you have it on your extremities, um, you're more likely to survive it. If you have it on the trunk of your body, the thing can metastasize and go other places. So, you know, I look at it as a blessing to my life. And, you know, most people think you think cancer is a blessing. I said, you bet I do. I said, it woke me up to live my life full out. And I have done ever since. Right. And that was when you were in your 30s as a mother. Right. Right. And, and here's the other thing, because I, I tell people you have to befriend it. You know, these women with the breast cancer stuff, fight, 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 fight. What I know is what you resist will persist. So I said, you've got to somehow befriend it. And I know that sounds bizarre and crazy, but that's my belief. And how does that manifest, being able to befriend something that could be life-threatening? Yeah. How did I do that? I don't know. It, you know, it's how you think about things. It's, I mean, I chose to think about it positively, like there's somehow a lesson in here. I think of everything that way. There's a lesson here, and I might not see it initially. Even the shit that happens, there's a lesson. There's a positive side. And I'm more focused on that than going into the pity party. You know, I, uh, you know, I don't go there as a victim. I'm not a victim of anything. Right. Right. Yeah. So it's the belief systems that we hold, right? Absolutely. It's all up here. Right. And the belief system begins to dictate our our concepts, our actions, our perspective, I guess is what I'm looking at. The right. perspective that we hold. And then then from there it's the perception. The perception becomes alive. The perspective becomes alive. The teaching seems to be a little embedded in those things. And well, you know what, if, if you want to make it an enemy, you're going to be fighting all the time. But if you want to befriend it, there, there is a give and take about it. And I, I think there's a, a, the capacity to heal when you're in that mode, as opposed to fighting it. I mean, I always feel that when things happen, there's something talking to me. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not crazy. I'm really not crazy. But um, there's something in the incident that is there's a message for me in here. 
And I always err on the side of the positive. That's that's the perspective I take as opposed to like, oh, poor me, you know, here it goes again and stuff like that. I don't go there. Yeah, that'll get you old. Right. Fast, which definitely yeah. you're not at 80, right? Well, <laughs> 80 what? 80? I'm going, I'm going to be 80 in October. So I am celebrating. I told everybody this year. I'm celebrating every damn day as if it's my 80th birthday. <laughs> so I got some parties lined up in the fall. I want to be <laughs> present at that party. So let's just, let's just deconstruct this just for a minute. If the perspective was a live thing, like reaches down into your, you know, mind body system, and it has messages for you in terms of your behavior and the actions that you take, because life just doesn't just happen in the head. The head then begins to give us messages about what actions we might take, right? Or what- Right, yeah, because I'm intuitive. I'm very, very intuitive about people. And I strike up conversations all the time with perfect strangers. Right. So striking up conversations is a behavior. It derives from the intuition, which you already have through experience, come to trust in yourself. And what what a gift to be able. I mean, I've had this happen so many times. I want to cry. I'll share something with this perfect stranger. And afterwards, when ending a conversation or going our separate ways, she'll or he'll say, God, thank you for saying what you said, because they had something going on in their life that I didn't know. But whatever I said struck the nail on the head, right? And it gave them a way of looking at whatever was going on in their lives in a very different way. Right. And yeah. that, that is a power that you developed by exercising that power. So if you had a successful experience and you wound up feeling good, and then that led to more courage about signing up for Outward Bound, which in case some of our listeners don't know what it is, um, you can say in your own words what Well, it's experiential learning. When I'm someone who never camped in my life, so I was jumping into something that was totally new. And it's all experiential, which to me is an important kind of learning because I have the head learning. I've done that. But experiential learning sticks. (laughs) It really does. It's like in your bones and and it's survival training. So, yes, I know how to survive with nothing, even though when people look at me, they would never guess that about me. I do know how to be out in the wilderness alone. And the alone was another thing. Being out there alone and knowing that you're whole and complete, like I'm whole and complete. That's how I feel. And that that took a while to get to like the, you know, I always thought something was missing, something was missing, but it's not. I, I'm whole and complete just the way I am and just the way I'm not, you know. So parenthetically, I want to say that everything that you say here, like you called yourself, Janie, Appleseed, to be able to drop those seeds of truth is is basic inspiration. So I get goosebumps, as you say it, because we all have um, the ability, and I feel the responsibility, to make differences for each other. So that's kind of my job in the world. I feel like that's my mission. And and I do that wherever I am. 
Yeah. And you never know. You just never know what's going to open up because what I how I see the world is a a web of connectedness. You know, I live with the Hopi Indians for a while. And uh, in their cosmology, they have spider grandmother. And I'm thinking spiders, you know, how creepy. But for them, spider grandmother weaves the web of connectedness with everything, human and, you know, the whole world. And that inspired me. I like that, even though I'm not fond of spiders, but they're on the earth just like we are. (laughs) But it was a perspective. It was a concept that you could hold. And so after you have the concept, then it implies the actions that you will take. So you see a stranger, right? You're not afraid to open something up because you you already assume that there's a connection. You don't have to be shy. Oh yeah, we're not, no, we're, no, we're all connected. It, right. It's just how it is, yeah. And your yeah. confidence probably gets digested in their nervous systems as trustworthy. So their ears perk up, they listen. Right. There's there's a kind of um, energy that comes from you that says, if I can do it, you can do it. You know what happened? This just uh, last week, I get a call from a woman in St. George, Utah. And I've known, we kind of met by accident in Springdale years and years ago. And so she called me last week. She says, you'll never guess what I'm doing. I said, what are you doing? She says, I've gotten rid of everything. And she said, I'm going to be traveling the country the way you do, because you're so inspiring to me. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. So they give the terminology nomad. What do you think of that terminology and the identification or lack of identification with that movement or that subgroup or that culture? Well, what I see is because uh, I knew some of the people in the movie Nomadland because I'd met them on the road. And there's a distinction. There are people who choose. I chose the lifestyle. And I don't mind the word nomad. I love to sow seeds and you just travel around. I'm rootless. <laughs> I'm rootless. I'm not planted. (laughs) Maybe talk a little bit about that, the shape of meandering. I mean, you've talked about going from Portland to Tucson and to Portland, but within those destinations, for instance. Oh, yeah. A lot of people like to plan everything out and make reservations and all that kind of stuff. I don't. I know where I'm going to get to eventually. I don't always have a time frame. Sometimes uh, I'll see a road that's appealing to me and I'll go off on this road. I like to take the roads less traveled and see what's down there. I have freedom. I have a freedom to be in my life. And I'm I'm just not on a schedule the way I was when I was in the corporate world and going to school and juggling umpteen things. Right. Yeah. And so freedom is the motivator or has see, oh, you bet. become the motivator as time has gone on. Yeah. I mean, I think freedom in in many ways is important to have because if you don't have it, it becomes a constraint, whatever that thing is. It's constraining you. And when you have freedom, the world opens up in a huge way. Yeah. 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 It doesn't scare you that it's that open. Some people. Oh, God, no have a fear of life being too open. Here's what I get from, because I talk to a lot of women who want to live this lifestyle, but they're afraid of being alone. And I said, you know, there's really a distinction between alone and lonely. 
I said, in one way, I am yeah, alone in my van. You know, I, I have stuff that people give me. So I have a lot of spirit in my van, but I'm never lonely. I said, lonely is when something is missing. And you think the answer to that emptiness here is somewhere out there. It's not. I said, you've got to fill that emptiness yourself. And then being alone will not even be an issue. Let's go back to the aloneness training from Outward Bound. Tell me your experience of it, the first time experience. Oh, my God. Well, I'm, I'm going to go to my 50th birthday because I did that. I did 10 years of Outward Bound. I got addicted to it. I told everybody if I was going to went Outward Bound and I was going to dance naked in the desert. So I'm down in the Chihuahuan Desert. And it just so happens <laughs> that the solo came on my birthday. So I get, I'm down in an arroyo. I'm like deep down in this arroyo. And so I, I it was like I was looking from the center of a pie at, at the wedge. I just saw the wedge of the sky. So I I, I took everything off except my boots because you don't want to be barefoot in the desert. And I, I remember dancing to Layla. You know, it was, I think being alone like that, you realize that it's okay. It's not like something's missing. It's not. And you're perfectly fine because I've done a lot of solos and I, I look forward to them. You have to befriend yourself. You have, to get, you have to become friends with yourself. And so is there a subsection of your network within the culture of the quote unquote nomads that really feed you? Yeah, I um, a lot of my friends are just aging hippies. I remember the 60s because I was in Washington, D.C. and you know, marching for women's rights because we didn't have cell phones. We had to get off our ass and do something. So I, I have a whole group when I'm down in Florence. We have our coffee clutch every morning. One gal's from Alaska and she lived up there. I mean, it's a really mixed group, but, you know, they're all aging hippies. Yeah. The thing is, I I think of myself, in spite of everything I've said, as a Lone Ranger. I, I am the Lone Ranger out there, and I enjoy uh, gathering with small groups, but I do not like civilization, big groups. I, I like being in the wilderness by myself and dipping in and out. That's what I do. Yeah. So there's one fun thing that I'm going to ask you to recall. So let's do this like real quick. Right? Okay. Okay. So the first one is the long held dream. Ever since I was, I always dreamed about... Wow. The thing that comes to mind was my grandmother. She used to take me out in the backyard at night because I stayed with her on the weekends. And she always had me look up at the stars. And she told me I could do anything that I put my mind to. And it was like, okay, Nana. And I did. So that I was mean, the long held manifestation of her wisdom. Yes, because I had the power to, to manifest whatever I I wanted to do. Yeah. And I don't know whether I was so clear, you know, back then no. of what it is I wanted to do. Yeah. No. And we, we can't be clear until we interact with the environment. And right. that interaction is what begins to create the clarity. It's yeah. even more relevant now that you're turning 80. Yes, because I'm under the radar. I do what I do because I often think of myself as under the radar, even though my friends would not agree with that at all. But for me, I'm under the radar. I like being invisible. <laughs> so here's another stem. The signs and synchronicities that keep me on the path are? It's the coincidences. I was in Tonopah, Nevada. I got stuck for eight days in the middle of nowhere. 
a fellow held the door as I was coming out of a Chevron convenience area. And I got, I always acknowledge men who have manners, you know, he walked to his rig and mine was parked right in front of him. And his was, he was from Rhode Island. I looked at his tags. I said, oh shit, you're from Rhode Island. And he says, yeah, Barrington. I said, oh my God. I, and he said, I worked at Hasbro. I said, so did I. <laughs> we knew all these people in common. And I have that happen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Coincidences and interruptions of your direction do what for you? Well, I think it's the universe speaking to me, having me slow down or maybe look at something that I'm not able to see so clearly. So I don't, I never think of interruptions as a negative thing. If I had it to do all over again, I would. Oh, I wouldn't change anything. I feel like my life has been absolutely wonderful. And I came from nothing. I wouldn't change anything now. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, just two more little quickies. The older I get, the... Oh, I let go of things. It's just, uh, I'm going to say it in a crude way. It's like, I don't give a shit. But that doesn't mean I don't care. It's like, eh, you know, it just goes over my head. I don't worry about it. <laughs> so in the end, what matters most to me is? Oh, God, it's um, connecting with other human beings. It's just primal for me. And making that difference. You know, we make a difference for each other when we engage, just like now. And that's really what I love. If I can do something to further other people's journey, I'm in. Yeah. Dorothy, it's been so good to see you. It's been great. It's been really good to see you. And it does my heart good to see that smile and that beautiful Bella rig behind you. <laughs> Bella, Ella, I mean, I, I wish you a beautiful journey on your meandering path. Oh, God, yes. And I so look forward to connecting again. And thank you so much for your generosity. Oh, you're very welcome. I'll see you in the old Pueblo. I'll see you in the Pueblo. <laughs> Over Take care. Now. Okay. Okay. Bye for now. See you. Bye-bye. This program is brought to you by Boom Talk Media. Our tiny books that we call Relieflets include Wisdom Within and Without, Hike the Path of Life, Stop to breathe in fresh imagination and reflect deeply on nature's wisdom. You can find this guidebook on our website, boomtalkmedia.com and on Amazon. We'd love to hear from you. Contact us at info at boomtalkmedia.com.